This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday, the 16th of August. In your Squiz today, Afghanistan's government has collapsed. An earthquake in Haiti, breaking records, and learnings from lockdown. This is your Squiz today. Starting off in Afghanistan, Claire, where the Taliban has been gaining ground since troops from the US and other nations began leaving. Over the weekend, things really escalated. Officials have now confirmed that the Taliban has entered the capital, Kabul, after President Ashraf Ghani fled the country for Tajikistan. And what this means is the Taliban is now set to take control of Afghanistan for the first time in almost 20 years. Yeah, the Islamist militants have seized the presidential palace uh, and that means that as they hold discussions there uh, and abroad, they have taken control of the country. Uh, It was just last week, Simone, that we were talking about uh, US intelligence reports saying that the Taliban could have control of the capital in three to six months and that was alarming news then. But what has happened over the weekend uh, are a pretty stunning string of events. The Taliban seized control of key strategic cities in the east and in the north of the country. Uh, And then just as they got to yesterday morning local time, uh, as you say, the Taliban entered the city of Kabul. And then over the last 12 hours, in a fairly peaceful way, it seems, uh, they have taken control of that city. Uh, What reports say is that the Taliban's leadership had told their forces uh, not to use violence. And it's seems that not just in those cities that they've seized, but also in the capital, uh, local forces have laid down their arms and handed over power to the Taliban. A spokesperson for the Taliban has said that forces would now start entering areas of the city that have been abandoned by officials and security forces. As for members of the Afghan government, Claire, they're on their way to Doha in Qatar, where talks on the situation in Afghanistan started last week. Yeah, those talks were convened by the US and by other nations to talk to the Taliban about really slowing things down. Of course, that hasn't happened, but that will now be the scene where the transfer of power is discussed. Uh, As for Australians in Kabul and in Afghanistan, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said yesterday that arrangements were being made to get them out. A lot has happened, though, since then. Uh, What US representatives there have done is really scramble to get their people uh, out of Kabul. The UK is doing the same thing. There'll be plenty of stories today about how that all went down. Uh, A lot is still unfolding, so it really is a watch this space. Yeah, and it looks like US President Joe Biden is already copping some heat for the US withdrawal and the collapse of the government. And there is also concern that the country will return to being a safe haven for terrorists. A lot of this, as you say, Claire, is still breaking this morning, so stay tuned for more later today. Looking back home in Australia now, Claire, there was lots of COVID news over the weekend, but the focus is still very much on New South Wales. On Saturday, the entire state of New South Wales was put into lockdown and 881 new local COVID cases were reported over the weekend. With the number of cases still high, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian yesterday said she doesn't believe the state will get back to zero cases. No, what she said is that there are two things that have to happen. Uh, One is bringing case numbers down as 
low as possible uh, and two is to vaccinate as many people as quickly as they can. But what she said is that she doesn't believe that it's possible to eliminate COVID completely and that we have to learn to live with it, is her quote. Uh, That, of course, is a very different kind of approach to other state premiers. Uh, Plenty of others really want to see COVID driven into the ground. That includes Victoria's Daniel Andrews and Western Australia's Mark McGowan. Yeah, get vaccinated is still the message Premier Gladys Berejiklian was pushing over the weekend. And to help with getting those vaccination numbers up, a million Pfizer vaccine doses are on their way from Poland. They started arriving last night and the majority will be sent to those 12 local government areas in Sydney where the Delta strain is most rampant. They'll be given to those under 40 years old who are most at risk of spreading the virus. To Haiti now, the Caribbean nation is still recovering from an earthquake back in 2010 that killed around 160,000 people. On Saturday, Claire, it was hit again by another strong earthquake, leaving 724 people dead. Poor Haiti, it really can't catch a break at the moment. Mm. Of course, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Haiti because its president was assassinated and there was all sorts of political upheaval after that. But what happened on the weekend is that a quake struck at the western end of the country. Uh, That has seen at least 720 people lose their lives. Those injured are in the thousands. Buildings and homes were toppled and damaged. uh, And there are rescue efforts underway to try and find survivors. Saturday's earthquake was stronger than the 2010 earthquake, but it happened in a much less densely populated area. That said, hundreds of people are still missing and those in the know expect the death toll to climb. On Friday, we spoke on the podcast about Italy potentially reaching the highest temperature ever recorded in Europe after Sicily hit 48.8 degrees Celsius last week. While we're still waiting for that to be verified, we have another temperature record to speak of today. July was the hottest month ever in the books, Claire. Yeah, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which is quite <laughs> Gosh, a, mouthful, a mouthful, first thing <laughs> on a Monday morning. Uh, what it said over the weekend is that July was Earth's hottest month on record. Uh, those heat waves that we've talked about in North America and Europe saw the world deliver an average temperature of 16.73 degrees Celsius. Uh, that has beaten out previous records uh, and, of course, a lot of talk about exactly how that comes with a lot of talk about climate change and all sorts of things at the moment with big conferences happening later this year. Uh, What experts say is that it's unusual for temperatures to get that hot because the weather system has been a La Nina, which we've also talked about quite a bit, Um, but usually that's associated with a cooling of the Pacific Ocean and that tends to have a cooling effect during those northern summers. That hasn't happened this year. In case you haven't had enough of the stats, it was also the hottest July ever for Asia. And back home in Australia, it was our fourth warmest on record. Lockdowns have meant spending a lot more time than usual with those we live with, which means seeing sides of our partners, our roommates, or maybe our pets that we might otherwise not have seen. That's what many of those in the UK found during their extended lockdown, Claire. Yeah, there's a very helpful article that popped up on the weekend uh, talking about exactly the dynamics behind what comes when we have to spend a lot of time with our nearest and dearest and learn that they have all of these bodily functions and hygiene. (laughs) 
vaccine standards that might not be to our exacting standards. Uh, It's no wonder that during the UK's extended lockdown, Google searches of things like farting and burping and scratching hit peak levels. (laughs) Uh, Also, there's an interesting take on disgust and how you can actually work out what that means. Uh, Apparently, it's down to communication and understanding if you want to get past the newfound disgust that you have in your partner. I feel like if you can get through lockdown as a couple, you can get through anything. (laughs) (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. Today is the anniversary of the deaths of two singing greats, Elvis Presley, who died in 1977, and Aretha Franklin, who passed away in 2018. Well, isn't that a great way to sign off a very cheery (laughs) Monday podcast? I mean, I tried to say it in a positive way. (laughs) It's all about the delivery. Yeah. That's it. Look, another thing to keep an eye out for today, reports say that Malaysia's Prime Minister is set to resign. There's a lot of things happening there, so we might be talking about that tomorrow. Yeah, a little birdie told me, Claire, you have a bit of an obsession with Malaysian (laughs) politics. (laughs) It's been a while, so I'll take any opportunity. (laughs) Before we wrap up, if you are a parent with kids aged 8 to 12, Squids Kids is our daily kids news podcast without all the nasties. A good thing to potentially put on if you're learning from home at the moment. You can check that out at squizkids.com.au. That's all from us. Have a good one and we'll be back with you tomorrow. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.